Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mike M's Weekly Reads. Uh, we're going to be talking about some recent purchases. These ones were just purchased yesterday on December 9th. And uh, a lot of uh, ones, a couple of them I already read. So I got these at the LCS when I went to get my my weekly books there. I got a book called Flaxen. This is based on a uh, a real person, Susie Owens, who was a nurse and decided to become a model, to get into shape and become a model. And it poses her as a supergirl. It, this one's interesting because I've already read it. The story was good. Um, it was uh, story was by. Let me get you the creative team. Flaxen. The story was by Mark Evanier and had art by Richard Howell. So solid creative team doing this. Um, the cover was Steve Rude, amazing cover. It had pinups by Sergio Aragonis, John Romita, and Dan Spiegel. They're all really good um, picks. And it's a story about a nurse that gets superpowers when lightning strikes a generator and she's trying to get the backup generator on so a young boy can get a transplant operation and when she's struck her physical appearance changes and she becomes super powered so that's flaxen this one is interesting enough because the model Susie Owens actually posed for Playboy. This has some centerfolds in it of her in the Flaxen costume and shows before and after pictures of her. So with her in her nurse's outfit before and then what she looked like as a model later on. And my copy had a cutout from the Playboy she was in. So I don't know who owned this before, but they must have been a Playboy subscriber and uh, put that in there. Um, I read AXA, which I got, there's only two issues of this, but there's a lot of trades and overseas books available on this. This is from Eclipse Comics. And the way this read is, it's like we blow up the earth in a post-apocalyptic world and everything's destroyed. Very much like Thundar, Thundar the Barbarian. And she's accompanied by... A male and a robot and they decide to leave the dome city that was protected and go out there because she just can't stand being controlled in a dome city and the rules and regulations and uh, it, it reads a lot like a female Thunder the Barbarian it was really really good the art was amazing um, it was pen uh, the story was by Chuck Dixon and it only ran two issues, the Eclipse version, and the uh, the art was, it, God, it looks like Ramita-esque, Ramita Joe Staten-esque. It uh, is Enrique Romero, so that was pretty cool. I like that one. And then Galaxina is from Aerosol, and it's based on the movie. Uh, she's an android, teams up with the human lands on a a dinosaur type planet 
with Slee Stack and uh, tries to uh, stop an evil guy with a weapon, essentially. Uh, this was also based on a uh, Playboy model who they made a movie about. Um, I, can't, I forget what her name is. Um, let me cut into this. Let's see. It's based on Dorothy Stratton. So she was in Playboy. Um, the movie debuted in 1980, which I'm going to try to seek out and watch. And this is penned by Mike Shoemaker and Leonard Kirk. I think it's one of Leonard Kirk's early works. And the um, movie was done about her, um, her career, and it was called Star 80 with Meryl, Mariel Hemingway. And uh, it was about her and her career and how she was tragically killed by her jealous husband. So... If you've ever seen that movie, this person was in Galaxina. And this is an Aerosol comic. Um, and I picked up four issues of that. I think there might be five. Let me see. Galaxina. No, there's four. So I have the full run of that. I got a couple copies of Marine War Heroes, issues 12, 15, 13, uh, number 5. These are Charlton books. I Anytime I can find a Charlton book, I, I really want. Um, I picked up an issue of Mandrake the Magician. It's a 12 center number two from King Comics. It looks pretty cool. An issue of Trekker from Dark Horse, the color special. I've been supporting the Trekker uh, Kickstarters. Uh, Solo X Mutants. Me and Bill just talked about this in Geek Brunch, and he had two, three, and five, so I picked those up from Eternity Comics. Uh, from Charlton, we got The Many Ghosts of Dr. Graves, number six. Betty Page Comics uh, doesn't have a number, but it's called... And then it's got Spicy Adventures, a special issue by Jim Silkey. Issues 1 through 3 of a book called Time Jump War. I know nothing about it, but it's by Chuck Dixon and Enrique Villagran. An image comic called Exposure by David Campati and Al Rio. I have heard of Al Rio. An Eclipse comic called New York Year Zero. I'm not sure if I have this, but... I picked it up anyway. One, two, three, and four. An issue of Scout uh, number three. It's this is Tim Truman's Scout War Shaman. I wish they had more of those. I picked up a lot of issues of Evangeline. Uh, Evangeline. It's spelled with an E, not an A, like you probably know. It's from Eclipse Comics. And then one, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and some special called Guns of Mars. So whoever had this box of comics must have been a fan and liked Playboy because there was two Playboy related books. So um, those are some recent pickups. I'm also going to talk about something I tweeted recently about the comics industry, just some thoughts. So um, we'll get to that if I can find where my bookmarks are now kept. Oh, yeah, it's there. So when I was writing this on Twitter, Twitter, I just had to establish that this is coming from a fan like, like myself and established my background that I'm kind of like what I call a super fan because I buy so much comics, so many new comics. And there's been a lot of talk on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook about the comics industry and people trying to pose solutions and I wasn't posing solutions I'm just stating problems um, some some of solutions you could pose but I, I don't know if any of them would work <laughs> I don't know what would work in in the times that that are like this um, reduction in shops would cause more demands in other shops, so that could be some something that could help. Um, Marvel and DC are kind of... It's, it seems like they're wanting people to do their digital services and step away from print. Um, we've seen this happen with DVDs and Blu-rays, even though there's plenty of people putting those out still. But you don't see them in mass market shops anymore like Target and Walmart. They're reducing their video content section quite substantially. Their audio CDs are almost entirely gone. And yes, you can go to still Facebook and some other providers and get your physical media if you need to. But it's sort of moving towards a digital realm. I think that's where they want their comics to go, which which is bad for the L LCS. But what what I'm saying is is really hurting the LCS. Number one is 4.99 is too much. I mean, you think about spending five bucks for 20 to 22 pages of comic. That's a lot of money. You buy two comics, that's 10 bucks. Four comics, that's 20. I mean, you can see how it just adds up. And there's some that are $5.99 and $6.99. And uh, I don't get many at the LCS, but for instance, the ones that I do get, I think this last time there was maybe eight or nine at $4.99 and one at $3.99 and two at $2.99 because Todd McFarlane's awesome. He's keeping his prices low. And there were three at $5.99. So it's just like, oh my God, it's it's incredible. And I, I think this is going to kill the LCS because they have too much competition. For $5.99, you could buy a subscription to Peacock Plus 
and watch way more hours of entertainment. Um, you could do a lot of different things. So um, there's a lot of competition for the dollars. The uh, DC and Marvel, like I said, are, seem to want to move to a digital paradigm because DC's, if you get the Ultra subscription, you could only wait one month and you can read almost the entire library, if not the entire library, because there's so much on there and the Black Label stuff seems to be in there. The three-month Marvel wait, that's, that's not too long of a wait. I, I really wish they'd go to one month uh an extra five bucks or something a month and go to go to a one month paradigm uh, I am reading a lot of Marvel digital content uh, because there's a lot of titles I want to get but they're pricing me out and I can't get all everything so I'm still gonna get physical copies but they're giving me a solution as a older fan um, it's harder to move comic boxes and buy all the supplies and physically move these. They, they get heavy and you have to get into positions like be on your knees and you get stiff. And for a young person, it's not a big deal. And you get older and the joints aren't working as much. It's kind of a big deal. Um, number four, the, the speculators are leaving after COVID uh, which is causing a huge decrease in sales. So during COVID and a little bit prior, the speculators were putting out stuff. Oh, so-and-so is going to be a movie. This might be in a movie. That might be in a movie. And it was causing all of the new books to be pretty much hot. You know, like they were selling for sometimes double, triple, sometimes more than that cover price. So they were making a demand for them books. It could be the speculators were even buying like, 10 copies of something and then selling them for higher on eBay. Well, if they leave like they did in the 90s, 94, 93, I don't remember when they left exactly. Huge hole to try to fill because now you just got your readers and the readers fan base is dwindling. So a lot of these things are damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, things. Um five variants are killing us there you know to have a comic with uh, 10 variants or even two variants what it's doing is a marvel fan is strip mining their from themselves and, and um, the, the readers this is bad so if they want a cover of amazing spider-man and then they want the variant that might take away the 4.99 that they're spending on daredevil and, and they, they take away that sale. So they're strip mining themselves. In some cases, they do strip mine the the competition. Um, this is going to cause a, a huge decrease, I think. This is me. In independent sales. Because people want their Spider-Man and Batman. And I, I would surmise that 80% of an LCS's comic sales are Marvel and DC. Now, there might be some exceptions, like if you're near, near a college, uh, university, or somewhere in San Francisco, and you're near a certain area, you might have a very independent-friendly reading population that 
has 50% of their store, maybe more, on independent comics. I, I've never seen them this way. Um, I have seen, like, the one downtown comic shop. They have a lot of independents in, in Colorado Springs. And I knew the ones that were across from the University of New Mexico. They they carried as many independents as they possibly could. And that's that was during the boom. Um and also the decline. The decline closed a couple of those shops. They no longer exist. But uh, I think it's happening again. <laughs> and and well, it's, the comic industry is very cyclical. So I think I think it'll recoup in some way. But where will these fans go? Will their de- increase in cost cause them to move to? mail order and go more to DCBS because they can get a 35% discount rather than a 10% at their LCS. Maybe they can get, or or they can maybe say, I'm going to get amazing Spider-Man and Batman at the LCS. So I get it right away and then have them ship me Catwoman and Red Hood and Avengers and Fantastic Four. If, if they have a, you know, at least 10 books, a mail order solution might be better to them, you know, and cheaper. So that might be a way people are going. Um, Some people ask, well, what about manga? I think manga is a different beast. Uh, Most LCSs I know have manga, but a lot of manga readers will go to bookstores to get them or to, uh, other places to get their Amazon to get their manga because they can get it at a discount. Like if I go to a bookstore, um, I, it's been a while since I've been to Barnes and Noble, but when I did go to Barnes and Noble, I was I always go through the comic section and there's nobody there. Like it, it was a graveyard. But if I looked over to the manga section, there was at least six or seven people in the manga section. And, um, I'm I'm sure the scholastic young adult market does good in schools and uh, online to keep that market strong. But a lot of people don't go to an LCS to get a a young adult book. I mean, it just doesn't happen. uh, Some stores, there might be some exceptions. But uh, if if you listen to a lot of podcasts, like I, I listen to at least three, where they're comic shop related, a comic conspiracy I listen to. That's a shop in California. Um, the Chicago-based uh, contest of challengers that is in Chicago. They they specialize in new stuff, so I, I think the the comic shops that aren't diverse and do older stuff and other stuff like cards and stuff, they might be hurting more than the ones that have a more diverse set, like Cowabunga Comics, which has a mail order service, does records, does tapes, does games, does cards. Uh, magic, all that stuff, and have comics and, and trades. They might be in better shape if things are cyclical, if people are moving to trade, or um, if they want to go grab some back issues instead, they they can go do that. 
Um, there's cheaper things like dollar bins, and you can wait till comics that are current go to dollar bin if you're willing to wait. But the digital alternative is even better because for less than $100 a year, you can read every Marvel comic book that comes out, current comic book, and the, the back issues are just growing with time. And then personally, for me personally, I I want to direct more money towards back issues, um, especially because the market is going back to an affordable state um, when it was outrageous in um, COVID times. The prices are coming down dramatically for a lot of key books. You you can just go see the trend. Just go to eBay and see what things sold for and what they're going for now. Like you could see some things discounted. I was looking at the first appearance of Blade and a couple of pe people on eBay had already discounted it 25%, you know. But seven, um, this one people have argued with me and I, I don't know if my perspective is so uh, based on what I see at an older shop when it might be very different at a younger shop. But uh, I say there's too much c competition for dollars and the younger generation rather spend money elsewhere. So the industry is an aging audience. But uh, some people said that they're 25 and they still go to the comic shop, but price is an issue because they, it's $5 is a lot, but only time will tell. I mean, people complained about $3.99. Um, at that time, I really didn't. I didn't. I didn't think. But my discount was even greater at DCBS when they were $3.99. I was getting 50 to 40% when things were a diamond. And now that they're all over the place, I think all the discounts are in the 35%, like for Marvel and DC. And 30% or lower for the independents. So the the discounts have gone down as well. So that's that's some of the things that I, I talked about on Twitter and I thought I'd go over. And then I do have a few questions. And I'll, I'll just do one or two of them. Uh... I think this is the first. DC Vertigo is coming back in 2024. Are you excited by the prospect? What does DC need to do or not do to make it a success? I don't know. I, I think they need some big creators to do some titles like Sandman, um, to be inventive, do titles like Scalped Preacher, um, Sandman, while still doing some licensed things like Swamp Thing and Hellblazer, but a lot of those things are still being published as a black label, at least the stuff that's licensed. So I don't know. I, I think it's a terrible time. If I if I was DC, I would have held out probably a year or two to see how the price increase and how things are panning out before doing this but 
We will see. Only time will tell. What do they... What, what do they need to do? Like I said, big time creators, new properties that people can get into, as well as have existing properties like Animal Man, Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, titles. Those are still coming out as black label, so really those are transparent. If they're not selling as black label, I don't think stamping it as a vertigo is going to do anything different. So that was a good question. And then... Uh, Another question, uh, a lot of top writers have left the big two. Do you think that hurt the quality of DC and Marvel? Not, not really. Um, they usually fill the gap. Uh, I think the biggest loss was Jeff Johns. We got Jason Aaron moving from Marvel to DC. And really, I wasn't crazy about his Avengers, but man, I started reading his Punisher, and god dang, that is so good. With the hand and his backstory, <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, no, I think the quality is always there. Sometimes the the quality moves with creators or the title or the character, but uh, you know, I sad to see Jeff Johns go. But uh, Tom King is still there. Um, Jeff Johns is leaving after JSA. I think he's going to wrap up the 12-issue series, which has had many delays, and go over to his ghost... Uh, I can't remember what the title of it is. Ghostmaker, Ghost uh, Publish Publishing Line, which I will check out. But... Um, yeah, I'm not sure they're going to move there, especially with the market the way it is. I, I don't think he's going to get the numbers that he wants in the indie world. If Mar I've always believed that if Marvel and DC are not strong, then the rest of the industry is not strong as well. Um, you can argue with that. That's just my personal take. If Marvel and DC are strong, then usually the other guys that are underneath there can, can also be strong. But I think you need a Marvel and DC presence to get you into the shop. That's that's what I think. And then you get extra stuff. Game In has come back to Sandman. Did it increase sales? Not really. Um, if you could bring three writers back into DC and Marvel, which three would you pick? Well, Alan Moore, you, you mentioned Al, Alan Moore. And I'd prefer him at DC. Uh, if Gaiman could come back and just continue Sandman numbering and just go from there, then I would enjoy that. Um, pretty happy with Amazing Spider-Man and Hulk right now. Uh, as far as Marvel, so I wouldn't want them to change creative teams. Fantastic Four is also pretty good to me. Avengers, uh, if they could get Kurt Busick back to do something at Marvel, I think that would be great. A Mark Evanier comic book at either publisher I would like, because I just like Evanier. I think he's got good storytelling capabilities. Um, if they wanted to bring back Michelini, I, I think he's got lots of sequential stories that, that he could tell that would be good. Claremont, if they'd give him a shot 
at the X-Men again, that might be something that he could thrive at if they let him do continuity type books and not just say, okay, this book happened between these two books, which is kind of like what Marvel's letting him do. So uh, he would be fantastic. Alan Moore on anything. I just take it, but we'll never see that ever again. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, guy who just did Hawkman. I think he's good on anything. Let me see. I'll have to. Hawkman. Banditti, Banditti, if he would do a couple of DC books, he is doing uh, the Golden Age Sandman, which is pretty damn good. Uh, at least I read the first issue, liked it a lot. Um, I don't know if any of them will be enough to to save the industry. It's because I just I think at right now people are disenfranchised with Hollywood and TV is on a lull because of the strike and things haven't come back and comics everything's gone up in price food you know you go out to eat movies everything's gone up in price so that's competition for taking away from your entertainment dollar definitely in the comic book realm I'm curious to see what Jason Aaron does with Batman and Superman. Um, haven't read them yet. I think I have the first action comics and the first Batman series in space that he's doing. We'll see what he does. Grant Morrison uh, is always a draw if he decides to do something. Mark Millar has said that he would like to do something again, whether... Whether or not, I mean, some people say he's a comics gator. I don't think that. I think he just wants good comics and to help LCS, but I, I truthfully believe that. Um, I think his comics aren't selling well, like Big Game and all the other stuff, because the industry's hurting right now. I, I think if he was to, to do like a Wolverine book or something that, that would be interesting for sure. Or if he was to do a Batman, I wouldn't want him on Batman. I wouldn't want Millar Miller on anything that was the main title. I, I would put him in some offshoot or some else world because I know he's going to destroy continuity. <laughs> At least I feel that's, that's the kind of writer he would be. Um, Cause everything that he does now is a derivative of those characters and like his own spins in, in his own Malar verse. So I think uh, Demetrius, we just lost Giffen, but anything that Demetrius wants to do or Wheezy, um, Louise Simonson and Walt Simonson. Let him do something. If he wants to do a Thor book, let let him go on to Thor. Uh, see if see if some legacy creators could, in re, re, you know, bring back excitement to a title. You know, 
Frank Miller is getting up there in age and he's doing Ronin and all, and I don't know if he's going to do anything big with any of the other stuff, but he's always a, a person to bring back in, at least for ideas. Like you could give him a line on DC and say, oh, you're going to take care of these characters, at least think of some direction for them to go into. And then you have some really good writers pen them. So those are good questions, and I uh, hope they answered your question, but I don't think any of that's going to save the world yet right now. I think we're going to still be... I think we're on the lower end. We're coming down on the roller coaster. We had hit the, the peak, you know, like we're climbing up, climbing up, and now the roller coaster is coming down on the fall, and we need to get around... We're still falling right now, and I think we're going to start doing the turn where we're like on the roller coaster, and it's like turning, and we're going around the curves, and then it's like it's sort of at a level place where it levelizes, and then it, we can start climbing again. But whether we climb in the digital market or we climb in like if there's some kind of platform that could unite the indie section and be like Marvel and DC then that could be a way for at least all the readers to to migrate I think um there'll always be a place for physical but uh, and I, one one solution is just to reduce your your lineup if if you go down to like 25 titles on Marvel and DC, I think that would help the industry because then people would maybe be able to get more titles and focus on those 20 titles and say, well, I'm all in, or I don't know. But now I'm going to go over some of the weekly reads. Okay, I'm back, and we're going to just do two weeks. So these are books that were read from October 2nd through October 8th. We're going to talk about what I watched. Uh, on Netflix, I watched, I ranked it a 3 out of 5. Nowhere. <clears throat> this is a, a movie based on a shipping container. Okay, so it's a post-apocalyptic world where food is running short in Spain. And there's a married couple that is having a child I guess their previous child had died but the, she's pregnant again and they're trying to smuggle themselves into another country and they're doing it via shipping containers and Spain is currently slaughtering all children and men not sorry and women so they can have enough food uh, which sounds pretty freaking cruel but that's what's happening in Spain and this couple gets in, they pay basically to cross the border uh, in a shipping container that's going to go overseas, I think to England or, or somewhere. And they get into a shipping container um, and the husband and wife get separated into two different shipping containers. So her husband's shipping container gets caught at the border and the military gets it. And they pretty much gun down a lot of the people in it, or at least one of the containers. Her husband's in another container, so he survives that round. And her container gets on a boat, which is supposed to go, and then gets knocked overseas, 
by weather conditions and then she's in a boat all by herself floating or uh, sorry her container is the one that gets slaughtered so they come in with machine guns they basically shoot everybody in the container empty the container and she's hiding in like a place where they can't find her well that container still has supplies on it so it gets on the shipping boat and then the storm hits and then her shipping container gets thrown overboard and uh, she has to try to survive there and she gets to talk to her husband occasionally but that's kind of like the story and the premise whether she gets saved or not you'll have to watch I gave that a three out of five it's a it's pretty brutal too like she has to have her own baby and she does things like you got a strong stomach she eats the placenta because she has to find a way to live and it's pretty crazy reptile uh stars this is a, a really good uh thriller if you will um justin timberlake and uh benico del toro alicia Stil silverstone or some of the main actors in that movie and that has to do with the justin timberlake character is in retail i mean sorry a realtor and his wife get is also a realtor and she gets murdered and del toro plays a detective who's trying to solve that murder and it, it's a really good thriller i'd highly recommend it that's four out of five and then we get into the comics that week uh three out of five we got the harlequin black and white these stories were entertaining but you know it's like an anthology there wasn't anything that really stood out but it was a fun read and the art was nice Uh, Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War Prelude. It was the freebie. Uh, this is a three out of five, and just gave snippets of what event the event will be. Um, it was a freebie, but uh, didn't I don't think it gave some good snapshots. But it was it was all right. Then we got Titans number three. The Titans take on Tempest and Brother Eternity. Brother Eternity basically convinces tempest that his mission is a good one and it's better than what the titans want so now tempest is working for brother eternity and you're like who the fuck is brother eternity that's just another name for brother blood that's his new name we got still works number four the silver mist uh goes to steal the device that he is using to power metropolis or that still is going to power metropolis with and they believe they stopped the silver mist but the two employees lift the real device so his plan was to send somebody in there to steal it that's just the distraction uh two of the guards end up taking it i believe we got blue beetle number one and two this is the new series a new villain goes after ted cord Jaime tries to protect his new Beetle friends from the new threat. So it, it may, it's trying to make things like the Power Rangers or... Um, but in Beetle suits. Um, was the other series? Radiant Black, you know, Radiant Red, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of like what the Blue Beetle is, is marching towards. We got Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War, Battleground... Uh, uh, Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War, Red Hood, and Catwoman 57, Batman 137 and 138. All of these are 
the Batman Catwoman war. It's basically Catwoman recruits henchmen like the Riddler's henchmen, the Joker's henchmen, all these people to rob from the rich. Um, And basically what happens as a ramification of that is crime goes down. It's something that Batman has never accomplished. And Catwoman's like, I think I found a solution and we're just robbing from these other assholes. And Batman is like, crime is crime. I'm going to stop you. And he's also losing his marbles with Zen Red Law, whatever that stupid Batman thing is where he made another identity for himself in his brain that triggers if something ever happened. Well, that thing in his brain triggered when he thought he killed the penguin because he committed murder. And now it's trying to kill. It's like he's trying to kill himself. It's so weird. But uh, you got that going on too. And then Red Red Hood stops starts working for Catwoman directly. Uh, the only one that really sides with Batman is Damien. Everybody else is kind of on the fence. Like they don't want to take sides. Rayshaw Ghoul and Vandal Savage are also somehow involved in what this is going on in Gotham. And we'll see that in future issues. Uh, but it's panned out to be a really fun event. Like, I've, I've been enjoying it. It's four out of five. Just like when we got into Titans, that's when uh, things became four out of fives, which means I really liked it. We got Shazam 3 and 4. The gods are taking turns messing with Billy's powers. He ends up going to the moon to defeat a supposed villain that the gorillas from Gorilla City sent him on, but he realizes they might not be villains, and then gets a crush on Queen Bee because she's on the moon. And then Freddy tries to warn Billy and the family. We have Wonder Woman number one. This is the Tom King Wonder Woman. And Amazon kills many at a bar and sets up a law where Amazons can't enter the United States. They send Sarge Steel after Wonder Woman, but she defeats him initially. This the, really good first issue. I liked it. Four out of five. We then get into the five out of fives. We got Daredevil one through eleven. This is the Chip Zdarsky volume one uh, run at it, and uh, this focuses on Daredevil committed a murder accidentally, Kingpin trying to go into legitimate business. And uh, a policeman tries really hard to bring in Daredevil and Spider-Man and every other vigilante. Many civilians take the mantle when Daredevil stops showing up. The crime families are having issues with the owl attacking others. And uh, one of the crime family's daughter-in-law starts sleeping with Matt. Um, So there's a female crime boss and that her daughter-in-law is sleeping with Matt. That's what's what's happening. And so you got like three, four crime families taking over for the kingpin. The kingpin is sort of pulling strings, but he's the mayor. And then you got these, God, I forget what they're called, the the strong mayors or whatever they are. They're two rich motherfuckers that are just trying, a female and a male, they're they're I, I don't know if they're brother and sister I think they're brother and sister they uh they're buying out they're trying to buy out all the property in uh Daredevil's uh end of town Hell's Kitchen and they have there 
one of the things that makes the book really interesting because they're so powerful. They fear they don't fear the kingpin. They don't fear Daredevil. They think they're above the law. They think they're richer than anybody. And uh, it, it turns out to be a really good read. We got Peacemaker Tries Hard, number six. The brain implants himself into camo and Peacemaker and the Red Bee manage to stop him as Red Bee sacrifices himself. So he actually has to sacrifice himself to, to make the stop. Waller and the squad show up to his party, uh, which he's having a birthday party that nobody wanted to go to because it takes the humor piece of James Gunn's thing on the Peacemaker and, and puts that into a, effect. Um, as he defeated uh, Camo and Monsieur Mala and the Brain. So that was that week. And then we get into the week of October 9th through October 15th. We have uh, things I watched. Foul Play on four, four out of five. That was a movie on Netflix. That is not the foul play with, um, God, I can't even think of her name now, Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. There's a movie called Foul Play. That's a comedy murder thing with Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase. This is not that. This is Foul Play, who's about a couple that's going to get married, but they're hiding their relationship because of conflicts of interest they're doing the same job they're investors in a big investment firm and uh it turns out to be very stressful and it's a high-paced thriller and it's worth a watch for sure it's really good a vacation friends too uh this just is the john senna comedy that i really liked the first one this one's just as good uh morning show is another four out of five uh, based on a morning news show with Jennifer Aniston and that's really good four out of five I gave the movie the creator which I didn't even know it was a Disney movie uh, recently I came across Twitter and I saw all the movies that lost money for Disney which sounds like they're spending way too much and not making enough so this movie lost a lot. Like, they, there was all their superhero movies lost money, with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Everything else lost money. And, all, like, Wish lost a ton of money. I think that might be the maximum. Um, the Little Mermaid lost a ton of money. Their, their their losses are in the billions right now because they're spending too much goddamn money. They're, they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars making the film when they should be spending 40 to 50 making a film because they can recoup that. They can't recoup the 100 million. And, and if they do, even with overseas-type money, they're still not where they in their projections where they want to be. Um a lot less people going to movies too. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to win that battle. And a lot of the same. They got to get out. They got to offer something different. But then people try like giving. Here's Napoleon and the Flower Moon, and nobody's going to see those either. I mean, they're they're making decent money, but they're not gangbusters at the the theater. Uh, you have to be like Barbie and Open Open Hammer and movies like that mario brothers that are that hit hit it big you know they're few and far between 
just hitting at the right times, I guess. Um, and then five out of five, Daredevil season three. I finally finished that on Netflix. Uh, actually, it's not on Netflix anymore. Uh, all the Netflix shows moved over to Disney Plus. That was an outstanding season. I mean, the stuff that happens between uh, Matt Murdock and Kingpin is is just amazing. And it was a good watch while I was reading uh, Chip Sardowski's Daredevil. Because, you know, we're getting some similar war things going on between the two. Um, had a total of 43 comics, 20 Marvel, 2 Image, 2 DC, 2 Boom, 1 Blood Moon. Actually, there's 2 Blood Moon. So I read 44 comics. Um, one Bliss on Tap, three Black Mask, four AWA, six Antarctic Press, one American Mythology, and one Ablaze. So that's a, a good distribution of comics, uh, a lot of different companies. We'll start with the three out of fives. We had Florida Man number three, Florida Man's Girl wins a wrestling contest but they steal her money and later they have to steal their meal and they get caught. But the judge releases them because of a testimony. We have night terrors Shazam number two, Mary Marvel rescues her family from the nightmares and later they return the favor. We have God killer tomorrow's ashes. Number one, a little hard to read this one. Uh, It came with, the Kickstarter, when I bought the Faust hardcover, it came with several American mythology books. I mean, sorry, uh, came with, what was the company? Wasn't American mythology, wasn't Blood Moon. Did I not take credit for those either? Black Mask, sorry, it's a Black Mask uh, company. Um, The girls return an artifact to their leader and she wants to take all, including the slave that escaped, but they gas her. They are trying to find a cure for their friend who has spiders in him um, that are going to hatch. That's pretty creepy. The other story deals with the boy with the spiders in his system. So it's it's like you're entering the middle of a story in this post-apocalyptic scenario. And this, even though this is a number one, you have to know what happened prior uh, in in the God Killer series. But you can still kind of follow if you, you've read enough comics and get a, a good read out of it. Killing Hope, um, the splits on tap. A Native American girl is running from everyone because everyone that comes into contact with her wants to murder her. That one was was good, but it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. The solicit sold me on it, but the execution was not not as well done as I thought it could be. Avengers Curse of the Man-Thing. A new villain takes control of Man-Thing to infect major cities. Steve is working with Ted. That's Steve uh, Rogers is working with Ted Salas, who's the Man-Thing identity, to try to regain control of the Man-Thing. Uh, we have Gung Ho, Anger, number four. Where's the rest of the series? This never finished, and it just died with number four. 
A post-apocalyptic story about teenagers in this issue, they discover it was not the wolves that stopped the supply train. The kids waged war with the adults, and that's the last issue. Never got any more. Not of this world. Uh, number one, astronauts find an artifact that leads them to send the FBI to Italy to find out the religious history of some ins inscriptions. Got Don't Avert Your Eyes. I didn't take credit for that one either. So that one is a blood moon. So there's that's three blood moon and I read 45 comics. So that was a good week. I wish every week was like that. <clears throat> Don't avert your eyes. This was a really good one. Um, we, we entered the four out of fives with the Avengers Curse of the Man thing. Uh, Don't avert your eyes as people practicing sex magic to rescue a girl. Um, maybe the same girl from the There's Nothing There series. Uh, many different stories about sex to avoid the demon and rescue the girl. This was a cool comic book. Um, I, I don't remember if Pat Shand was involved in this one, but it was really good. We got Action Comics number 17. This is the Golden Age. Superman saves a ship out on sea on fire and realizes later that the Ultra Humanite is behind the boat sabotage. It, it, one thing I never realized with Superman is Lex Luthor hasn't even shown up. And the Ultra Humanite is his major villain in the Golden Age. Um, I didn't realize that he was such a villain because when I got to him in the 80s, he was more of uh, an ape, a brain and an ape. And as you see... He's gonna. He looks like Lex Luthor at this time, but he actually goes into a woman's body later on, which is very interesting to me for a Golden Age book. So um, that was Action Comics number 17. We have Hit Me number three and five. A woman that loves sexual pain goes on a mission to find out who murdered one of her friends and clients. It turns out to be the Slavic gangster and some guys who set him up. We have Fight Girls number five. Uh, the two fe females that were the in the last competition were actually working together to take down the king. We have Devil's Tree number three. This is from Blood Moon. Focuses on the fisherman guy and his wife, and he blames his wife for burying bodies near the tree. Meanwhile, a husband and wife are turned against one another by a woman near the tree. That tree is haunted, man. It's it's. There's a lot of death and misery associated with that tree. We have Vineyard number three and four. A father passes the required killings onto his son that, uh, in order to keep the wine flowing at their winery. And he starts killing women and his sister's boyfriend. Later, the mother kills her son, but the sacrifices to the god of wine, Dionysus or whatever his name is, has uh, already been made. Uh, it seems like there needed to be more than one issue to wrap this up. Usually, Aftershark was five issues, and this wrapped everything up in four. I think we needed one more issue to make this a little cleaner. We have World Tree number one. There is a virus returning in the form of a beautiful woman, 
and she used a kid to kill 30 plus people. A group that banished the virus in the past is getting back together to stop the virus. We have gangster ass barista number one. The main characters appear in D Destiny, New York, and he deals with three employees that work there. The female finds a bag of money and keeps it to herself at that coffee shop. We have Destiny, New York. My girlfriend broke up with me. Um, so now I run the Mystical Mafia, number one. That's a hell of a title, isn't it? Uh, her sister is in a coma. She's dealing with her friend giving up a restaurant to her. And she tries to hit on the barista uh, girl that's actually in Gangster Ass Barista. But she's not gay. In other words, she set out these vibes to her that made her think that she was a gay woman, a lesbian, and she wasn't. She ba they basically go on this trip, and she's like, that, I don't, I, I'm interested in you as a friend, but I like men. So that didn't work out. There was also a story about magic. We have the 5 out of 5 Savage Dragon 266. Maxine, Malcolm, and family are moving to San Francisco. The kids and Maxine want to stay in Canada. We have horror comics number 21 through 26. Very surprising. I love this story. Uncanny Valley story. A robot leaves lonely, lonely on an island fighting zombies when he's joined by two, ro two women. He is not aware that he is a robot. So it is a really cool story. Then we got more of the Kingpin battling Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock going to prison. Uh, that cop taking him in and he wanting to go to prison. His love interest is actually his lawyer with Foggy Nelson that wanted to defend him. This is Daredevil 12 through 19. Really good story. Um, so that's that. And we'll be back to talk about some more comics in October and uh, November because I got a long way to go and I'm getting lazy and I'm not taking notes, so it's going to be a lot faster. So um, I am going to leave there and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Uh, you can reach me at mike at comicbooknoise.com, email and at Mike Myers Brunch on Twitter and Blue Sky. And geekbrunchpodcast.com is where you'll find this one. And you can go to Facebook and go to Geek Brunch Podcast. Click the like button. Follow all the episode threads there. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.